Uh, well, I mean, if I'm healthy, for sure. Um, you know, and you know, right now, obviously, I'm, you know, banged up, um, you know, with that with that ankle. But, um, you know, I still feel like if I'm on the floor and I can make things happen, then we still got a good chance of trying to make something out of the season. It's been a tough road, obviously. Um, tonight being a tough loss for us. Um, but to have that confidence in your teammates, for sure, means a lot for me. It means I'm, you know, doing something well out on the floor when I hit the floor and just try to do whatever I can to help us win basketball games. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. Welcome BetQL back. Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe oh, oh, not with us. Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth. And, of course, this hour being joined by our buddy, Nick Ashew hanging out. We'll do some NBA here. The, the voice there of LeBron James. He thinks the Lakers could still make a run. We'll get to that in a second. Your hoops are happening. And now it's time to rush to PropSwap to grab the best deals on all your favorite college teams. Prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. And the best part is you could buy and sell on PropSwap without even leaving your couch. Now it's time to buy those Cinderella's while the odds are high. Jump to the PropSwap app and be sure to buy a handful of tickets. Cinderella stories happen every year. Don't miss your shot to download the free prop swap app today. We got a lot to get to here, Nick, in this segment on the NBA and the futures market. But uh, LeBron, your reaction? LeBron still thinks the Lakers can make a run. LeBron obviously has been watching his team play basketball the past five months. They're a disaster. Uh, They really are. But it's a testament to him and the fact that they're still even in the running because he's the only person that can do anything for them at all. I talked about this on my shows on Saturday. Uh, I I see a different LeBron James right now. And I I feel like he is... He's at peace with what this season is and where his legacy is at this point. And what I mean by that is for so long, it's always been about LeBron, Jordan, Jordan, LeBron, and which I know it's going to continue to happen. I've been victim of that. I've had that argument on many shows over the years in many places I've been, but it's stupid because they're completely different players in completely different eras. But what to understand with LeBron James now is the guys won three titles with three different organizations. And at this point in his career, it's showing what he can do at his age. Like this Lakers team is not, if they're lucky enough to win a one play in game, good for them. Even if they somehow squeak into the eighth seed, win a couple of games in the play in tournament, great. The Suns are going to beat you into the ground and you're going to be out in four games. They're going to get swept. It will be. Opportunities. BetQL finds the value across every game in every sport. But the question is, how do you use it? The system gives a one to five star rating for each analyzed bet. Get guys involved and how you're a facilitator too and make the smart play. Well, you can't have it both ways. It's got to be one or the other. Like You don't want to be known as a scorer. They don't complain when people don't talk about you as a scorer. But he's showing the other things that he can do. He's showing that at this age, almost 20 years in the league, the guy is still one of the top five players in the NBA. He still looks essentially mm-hmm. like he's in his prime. And he takes care of himself, spends millions of dollars a year on his recovery. But also some of it is just genetics. He also wants to play with his son. So he's like his legacy is going to be different. And I feel like there's a shift now where it's more of, hey, This team sucks. The Westbrook thing didn't work out, and he should be criticized because he did have a part in Russell Westbrook coming to Los Angeles. We all know that. But he also knows this offseason, we're going to blow this thing up in the best way we can, mortgage the future on this team, and if I'm only here one or two more years, we're going to bring in as many guys as we can to try and win now again. Yeah, so when I saw this soundbite in the rundown, I looked up the odds. I'm like, I wonder what the Lakers have dropped to now. 180 yeah. to 1 to win the title. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I actually don't. I, I I think it's a joke, but I don't hate it at 180 to 1. I mean, you can't. Stop it. it. Hey, stop it. Don't do this to yourself, Tom Aaron. Brady. Don't do you it. Don't a, you don't want to bet, bet, bet against the goats, though. I'm not going to take so, it. But All right, then you, you go ahead and you put a little... 
Put a little sprinkle down on that. A little salt base sprinkle on the Lakers to win the title. You have fun wasting your money on that. I'll do the same thing, but I'll just throw the money into the wind and let it just float away because it's basically <laughs> the same value. Yeah, I hate 181 in the Lakers. I hate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably staying away from that. Yeah. Maybe 180 to one to win one playoff game, one play sure. in game, even True. that I would take, but that's, you know, and maybe win one game if they're the eighth seed against the Suns. I'd like that winning the title, 0% chance, but I'm with you. Like they had the second best odds coming into the season. Right. And, and rightfully so. And we know how this is. A lot of the books are going to bait you in because it's the Lakers and, you know, had Anthony Davis been healthy, this would be a different team. Now, do I think that they're the best team in the West if Anthony Davis is healthy? No, because Russell Westbrook is a chemistry killer. And for so long, and, and Aaron, we saw this in Washington, right? Everybody yeah. gets infatuated with the numbers and the triple doubles. What has Russell Westbrook accomplished on the court without Kevin Durant? You go back and look, Russell Westbrook cannot win a playoff series without Kevin Durant. Ever since Durant left Oklahoma City, he's out in five games. He got to, what, he had one decently successful season in Houston in the playoffs with James Harden, but of course, they still faded in the second round, and that's as far as it goes. He couldn't do it in Washington, couldn't do it in Oklahoma City. He's not going to do it with the Lakers. They are empty calorie stats. It's the it's the the hollow, you know, simple yeah. carbs what? that you would not want to eat. That they're, it, There's meaningless. Those stats are meaningless. With Wasn't what it Draymond to, Green that called him out a couple months ago? Like you're just trying to pad your stats and all this. <laughs> yep. It was yeah. so Draymond also did that for years. Draymond just—he's trying to boost his I love podcast Draymond. ratings or something. Let me tell you something. Going off on things lately. Draymond Green is fantastic as a like an analyst, but also an incredible basketball IQ. You watch him break down film, and you understand why. The Warriors are better with him on the court. He is sure. absolutely brilliant, but he also doesn't give a damn and is going to say how he feels and doesn't care if he ruffles any feathers, which means he's going to be just fine in this business once he retires because Kendrick Perkins is the same guy. He doesn't care who he pisses off. Those are the players that I want to hear I because you're going to give me the truth. You're not just going to you know, be afraid to hurt somebody's feelings when that is actually what's going on with what you're talking about. Five or six years ago, I would have said, how is the NBA on TNT ever going to replace Charles Barkley when he's done? They have the replacement. His name is Draymond Green. He's going to sit in Easily. that chair and do the Easily. same thing. And he'll be great same at it thing. for 20 years. He'll be great. Wait. 100%. All right, so we, we got the Lakers here. And guys, they're only one game up on the last seed in the play-in in the Western Conference. I mean, they're, they're the last seed. They're 10. They're one game up on San Antonio. Uh, otherwise, they'll just miss the whole thing altogether. So that group there. Nick, we've been talking a lot about Minnesota lately on this show because they play good basketball. They're they're the yeah. best of that group, and it, it's not even close. Like they belong more to that top six. You look at their their record, uh, but someone's got to play in that play, and whether it's Denver or or them. Um, then there's the Clippers, New Orleans, Lakers. I, I feel like in the East, the whole thing is about the Nets, right? Will the Nets escape that seven through ten thing? What seed will they be in the West? It's going to be about the Lakers. It'll be about Minnesota. And then you have teams like the Clippers and, and the Pelicans just, just hanging out there. It's a weird group right now. It is, and the Clippers are playing horrible basketball. They've lost five straight right now. I'll throw one other team in for you to think about, though, that might actually drop into that play-in is the Jazz. The Jazz have lost four straight, and you've got uh, what it was a, a, a sore leg or something for Rudy Gobert. He doesn't think that that's going to be something that's going to affect him long-term. But, you know, you you sit here and, and, and see a, a Jazz team that's got their coach in, and already rumors about going to the Lakers this offseason. So there's another opportunity there for them to fall. I'm with you, though, man. I like the Timberwolves a lot. And that's a young, talented team that for years has had young talent. And it's never come together. It's starting to feel like now what they've built in Minnesota, it's 
it's going to be something legit moving forward. There's a changing of the guard in the Western Conference, and it's the Suns, it's the Grizzlies, the Mavericks doing this by themselves. Really, it's Luka by himself, and look where they are. I mean, they're 46 and 29, and this is Luka by himself, and they can't score. He's the only one that can score. They're averaging 106 points a game on the season. I mean, that is, that is unbelievable to think about. They have the slowest pace in the NBA. They are, they are a snail. They're playing like 90s basketball without a dominant big man in the post. And it, they're, they're still winning games. So it's a testament to their defense. But, you know, Minnesota's jumping in and that. And, you know, who knows? If uh, Michael Porter Jr. can come back and, and contribute for the Nuggets, that can help. Uh, Jamal Murray sounds like he's a little farther off from coming back. But then, of course, you're still incorporating guys into a lineup that already has Nikola Jokic carrying the team by himself. It, that takes a little bit of time. Chemistry is a big issue. So uh, it's, I, I'd watch that Jazz team, though. Watch the Jazz falling into the play-in tournament. It's a possibility. Nick, you said uh, you wanted to bring something up here because we we brought up the uh, the Pelican situation right there in this mix. Oh, they're not yeah. good, but they're so they're the ninth seed right now. W what's your thought on this team? Big picture, small picture with uh, with uh, this team. There's going to be some changes with the Pelicans this offseason. I've had a couple conversations with a couple of uh, sources very close to this situation. Let's say over the last month, uh, the original thing that I was told was not to not be surprised. This was about a month and a half ago or so. Not be surprised if you hear Zion Williamson in trade rumors this offseason, which may seem crazy at first, but I, I look, Zion is talented when he's healthy. We know that. We know how physically dominating is, but the question always was, well, can his body hold up when he gets to the NBA and play consistently? We, we've, we've not seen that. But then that video came out the other day of him dunking and working out, and you know how this is, right? People aren't working out unless it's put on social media and we can see the videos right. of it. Then you're working out and everybody knows. It's like if, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to hear it, doesn't make a noise. Well, if you're working out and nobody's there to see it, do you, does anybody actually know? But that told me something. When I was watching Zion Williamson and, and that workout video and that was there, I was like, this, this, is, this is not, this is calculated. This is a very specific reason that it was put out. And I had a couple of conversations uh, with some people very close to this situation, let's just say, uh, he is not happy there. And when you don't get along with your general manager at all, that's a major problem. And he has apparently been healthy since about February. He's not out on the court. We can see that he's certainly wow. healthy at least. There's a difference between game health, obviously, and game shape and working out in a gym and dunking and all that. So obviously there are very different scenarios there. Uh, I was, I've continued these conversations with a couple of people over the last couple of days. And what I'm getting is 90% chance Zion has moved to this off season and the Knicks are a team that he would really like to go to. I don't think that surprises anyone, but there are other people around him as well that have thrown out this name. And I, this was the one, first team name that was thrown to me. Don't know how it would work. Don't know if it would happen, but there is, do not be surprised if you hear the Detroit Pistons mentioned in a conversation with Zion Williamson this off season. At, apparently, Zion wants to play more of a point guard role. Uh, he's done that before. He did it with um, Sam Mitchell when he was, I think it was like the, it was a team Nike. It was a camp that he did a long time ago, but he, he played more of a point forward role. Now, Cade Cunningham does something similar in Detroit, but imagine pairing those two guys together and they're healthy. That That's a very, very interesting scenario there. And Detroit has, look, they're horrible this year, but they got some young talent on that roster. And 
they're going to look to make some moves this offseason, and they have their eyes on Zion Williamson. Now, if that actually happens, that's a whole other conversation. The good thing is, is I'm not a reporter, so I'm not reporting a damn thing. I'm just telling you conversations I've had, and I know that there is going to be a lot of trade rumors around Zion Williamson this offseason. And it it sounds to me, look, there's a certain point where when a relationship is fractured between your boss and yourself, especially as a star player in the NBA, it's really hard to come back from that. Zion strikes me as just good enough and just injury prone enough to ruin the Knicks again, right? Like this is the yes. guy. Yes. This is the guy. We got him finally. And then yes. he'll never play. And now I, keep I, in I, mind too, keep in mind between the Knicks and the Pistons as well as, as two examples of teams, the Pistons have a lot, have a lot of assets. They have a lot of sure. young talent they can move. I mean, so do the Knicks, but the Knicks want to try and keep a lot of that young core together. They don't want to do what they did years ago. And it was a different regime with Carmelo Anthony, where they just gutted all the young talent they had and they brought in Carmelo Anthony and Chauncey Billups, and that team made the playoffs. They won 52 games, got to the second round. But I think we can all agree that the Carmelo Anthony era in New York left more to be desired, and they, they don't want to go that route again. But it, look, there's a lot of risk with Zion because you know the talent's there, but where's he going to be in five years? Is he going to still be playing? Is he going to have more foot injuries? Guys that are big with foot injuries, uh, we, we saw uh, uh, just two names that pop in my mind. Now they're much taller, but uh, Rick Smith's retired early because of a foot injury. Solid center for the Pacers for a long sure. time. Yao Ming, foot injuries early. Uh, it's And there have been others. Uh, Kevin Durant had one, and he ended up being obviously okay, but it really depends on how your body can heal and where you can go from there. But there is... Do not be surprised if you hear a lot of Zion Williamson trade rumors this offseason. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I think it's coming. I wonder if, Aaron, if your guy Sadiq Bey would have to go back in the deal. <laughs> yes, Bay's out of the DMV. Sidwell friend. <laughs> that, that won't, yeah. that's, that's interesting. And that, the Pistons, I was not expecting to hear you say. So that's an interesting thing. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Nick, the other thing that we've been talking about a lot lately is the uh, coach of the year in the NBA. And we jumped on. Uh, the Celtics, I mean, look, they're, they're, they're number one in the conference. Now, this rise, I don't know when you jumped on it, but I feel like as mm. a show, like early January, we're like, wait, what are the Celtics doing? Man, the Celtics are blowing people out. Man, the Celtics just beat the Sixers by 50 points. Yeah. Um, if the playoffs started today, I think I'd write them in as the Eastern Conference team in the finals against the Suns. What's your thought on Coach of the Year and what the Celtics are, are doing right now? Ime Udoka just – it's too little too late, unfortunately. Monty Williams is going to win Coach of the Year. Uh, he's just so far ahead of the rest of the pack. But that doesn't take away from what Ime Udoka has done in Boston, really in the second half of the season. What Taylor Jenkins has done in Memphis, uh, up until like the last week, Eric Spolster in Miami was another name that I put out there. I'm probably not going to do that now. I, I love the Celtics. Uh, when you look at them now, too, I mean, their point differential is the second best in the NBA, 6.8. The only team that has a better point differential is the Suns at 8.4. So... They are beating teams. They're very, very good. I mean, they're elite defensively, but they've got two guys on that roster in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You put the ball in their hands in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, and you say, go win us this game, and they have the ability to do that. I love what they built in Boston. They look more like the teams that we expected them to be when Brad Stevens was coaching them when they had those finals aspirations years ago. Yeah, you're right. I, I agree. This is the best team they've had in, in years. I mean, they, they played, what, the Eastern Conference Finals once in this group? Yeah. Where they lost yep. to the Celtics with LeBron, when, uh, the Cavs with LeBron his first year back there. So we've seen it, uh, but we haven't seen it this good. They look incredible right now. We'll dive into tonight's NBA slate coming up on the other side. we got a lot of good games, a lot of good games tonight in the NBA. We'll dive into that next. Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth, Nick Ashew joining us here for the hour. Beck UL Daily right here on the Beck UL Network.